Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. Uh, just 24 hours, give or take, after Roma's 1-1 draw against Lazio in the Derby. Going to bring Andy on in just one moment here. First, I have to welcome our newest patron from Patreon, Christopher DiGiulio, who you can find on Twitter at AS Roma Magica. That's AS Roma Magica. Christopher, thank you so, so much for becoming a patient and supporting our endeavors here. If you would like to join Christopher, get early access to the podcast as well as extra episodes of the podcast, you can go to romapress.net and go to the support page, or you can go to patreon.com slash romapress. So uh, let me bring on Andy right now. He and I discussed the Derby, a little bit of Kobe Bryant, who tragically passed away yesterday as well as some transfer market stuff so without any further ado here is Andy all right Andy and I are back we are obviously going to discuss the derby the draw between Roma and Lazio but first Andy I think it would be remiss of us if we didn't at least discuss briefly this tragic loss of Kobe Bryant I know when you and I talk NBA or just basketball in general, some of the feedback I get is, you know, we're not big fans of it. We skipped over that part. But gosh, this feels like one of those losses where it it goes, you don't even have to be an NBA or a basketball fan to appreciate Kobe. For me, I mean, you hear the name Kobe and we all know who it is. Uh, It's a loss so big that, again, you just say one name and you know exactly who we're talking about. This feels like, now obviously a lot of people will point out he was a big football, particularly City A fan, big fan of Milan. Um, but just beyond that, I mean, this feels like the loss of a sporting giant. Um, the, the loss itself, I mean, for me, the thing that is just so tragic in all of this is the manner in which he died, the fact that he was accompanied by his 13-year-old daughter. I, I mean, anybody with children, and even without children, just the the thought of what their final moments together were like makes me tear up because it is so heartbreaking. I can't imagine the fear, the helplessness, the feeling that you know that this is going to be the end, just running through your mind in this short span of time, it, it just it breaks my heart. It makes me so, so sad. And his wife, their, I, I believe, remaining three children, my heart goes out to them because this is heartbreaking in every and, sense. And the uh, and the family of the and the family of the of the other seven. Yes, that's right. And, and in the accident, just brutal. One second, though, before I let you go, I, I want to obviously, yes, the other family. Um, I, I believe the gentleman was a baseball coach. He had three children as well. There was also a high school basketball coach as well. She looked very young, maybe in her 30s. I'm absolutely heartbroken for them, and my thoughts are with them, their families, those close to them. But real quick, before you go on this, I just want to state my disdain for sort of this age and this rush of social media and news reporting that we're in. We went from Kobe Bryant losing his entire family. There's only four people on board. Um, 
we're no longer in an age where getting it right matters. It's getting it first matters. Being the first one to put it out there and tweet it out. It doesn't matter if you're right. As long as you're the first one, you will get the social media clout that you so uh, desperately yearn for. I, I was so angry when I was seeing all those reports. Um, it, it made me absolutely sick. So I know you're a huge basketball fan. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously, this is just devastating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, my, my father, who hasn't followed a sports team probably since the 70s, yesterday he texted me out of the blue about, you know, did you hear about this? And, uh, you know, I was, I was, yesterday I just, when it, it, it hit me, it, it felt surreal and it was, I thought about it, and the only time that I've had a, a similar experience to this sort of void, um, this this void caused by a, a celebrity's death, was when Robin Williams passed. Oh, me too. Yeah, I agree. That's a good shout. Uh, Robin Williams was beyond uh, acting and beyond comedy, just the way that. Kobe was beyond basketball and beyond sports. And, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter if you follow the sport, if, if, if you, if you love uh, the sport, if, if you follow that particular player, it's, he had that resonance uh, that, you know, just went beyond these categories that and these labels that we like to put on certain people the way robin williams went about making people laugh without necessarily you know making laugh uh, film critics or or moviegoers or comedy fans you didn't you, you didn't have to be someone like that you could be just the random joe of the street and kobe robin williams and other greats just just could get to you that way and and you know, I'm I'm a kid who was raised in Italy in in the early 2000s, and I feel like Kobe being you know drafted in the late 90s, and Kobe was I think one of the NBA players yesterday said it. I don't remember who was it if it was Spencer Dinwiddie or somebody else. He said that for for us 90s kids, he was our Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I remember Kobe having had that uh, Italian background, uh, you know, playing in Italy when he was still a kid, um, speaking Italian. When he joined the league, it's like everybody in Italy, everybody, Italy was a, a football country, but all of a sudden, a culture emerged of, of kids who just were going to hoop all day long yelling Kobe. I remember my first basketball tournament, which was something like when I was six or, or five. Uh, I remember I got one basket in that whole game and I also yelled Kobe um, when I did it. <laughs> and it was just, you know, it, it it's about that. It, it's about turning a generation towards something and he did it. Uh, he was just amazing. Um, and there is a, a, a I, I don't know if you have a Kobe story, but believe it or not, I have a Kobe story. My 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 uncle was um, 
I don't know how you say it in English, but in Italian, it's preparatore atletico. Basically, it's like a... Uh, yeah, like a basketball trainer. He, yes, yes. He, he takes care of, you know, when you have an injury or something. You Right, like a, yeah, a sports trainer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He was a sports trainer for the Olympic national team of, of Italy. Um, he was there when Italy made that huge leap. And I think the 2004 Olympics, um, when, when you, the USA crashed out, um, which I think still is is looked upon really badly in the history of the uh, USA's national team. Anyway, in one of the Olympics, because he was in that team for a long time, my, my uncle worked there, and on, on numerous occasions during one of those particular Olympics, you know, you hang out, um, you go to the canteen to get some food to the cafeteria, and usually it's it's these immense halls with a lot of buffets, and he told me that Kobe was always hanging around the Italian national team because he loved to sort of reminisce about Italy and, and practice his Italian. And, and my uncle got to speak with, with Kobe. And they just talked about, because my, my uncle is a big poetry fan, a big sort of fat believer in, in sort of abstract things. And just the way Kobe was, Kobe used to write poetry. Um, he loved reading poetry. And they started talking about music. And believe it or not, uh, Co- Kobe was gave my uncle a CD that he was had been listening to for quite a while, and which was Tupac's greatest hits. <laughs> and believe it or that's not, so cool. he gave that to my uncle, and that's what was that was the first CD that turned me in, onto hip hop music because that was passed on to me from my uncle, and um, so yeah, so that's that. I Kobe in some distant, distant way influenced uh, a, a genre of music that nowadays I love. Um, so there you go. I mean, the, the man was you know larger than life. So that's it about Kobe. Again, our hearts go out to everyone affected by this terrible tragedy. Um, But again, I I think we at least had a touch upon it because, again, he's one of those figures that goes just beyond basketball. Uh, So let's go to the derby now. It was Roma 1, Lazio 1. Man, Roma will, uh, without question, feel hard done because Fonseca said it after the match. Everybody, even Zaghi, who is the biggest uh, crybaby in all of the Serie A, he even admitted that Roma were superior on the evening. So what did you think of it? Because I, I thought they were so unlucky. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say beyond the fact that, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen a, a, a derby dominated like this in a long time. And... um you know when when that on the other day when the players went to to watch the fans you know sort of rile them up motivate them um i'm i'm pretty sure this performance you know reflected that that motivation that the fans wanted to provide their team because the play, the team played their hearts out um everybody even paulo lopez with that mistake everybody contributed um I mean, I, let's, you know, we can't even talk about the best player of the game because everybody was was just was just put it all out there, including Santon, Spinazzola, uh, Smalling, everybody. Um, 
so in for me not to capitalize uh, on this occasion because you really you didn't leave them any room to breathe um you you completely punished them all game long and at the end of the day it's a draw um and they they leave this game happy because they played like shit and they they can afford to play like shit because they still they still move up the table. Um, they're still in the Scudetto race, and we're still below them. So they are happy. We're not because we need to find a solution to this problem of creating so, so many chances. It, it, it's sort of a bit like Napoli um, uh, a, a, a short while ago when they were just – they just couldn't – couldn't score the ball they were creating all these these chances we're doing the same thing now and we come out of it with a draw um which is ridiculous we deserve far better from this game i i couldn't agree more that was especially the first half an hour i thought that was without question perhaps the best or if not one of the best romas of the entire season I thought everything they did was spot on. I thought Davide Santon, Spinazzola. Here's one thing we have to discuss now, because Kolodov, Florenzi has been the preferred pairing as the fullbacks. I mean, this is, again, they were good against Parma. Surely now, Fonseca at least has to take this into consideration, that Spinazzola, Santon may be the way forward this season. Yeah? Listen, I... I, uh... First, first of all, I immediately I, I said it so many times before this derby that Kolarov, after the performances he's put in, he cannot play against this Lazio team. There is no no chance of seeing Kolarov on that starting as a left back against the team that is so good at counterattacks, that is fast, that has so many skilled players going forward. Um, talk about Luis Alberto. Talk about Lazzari, who's playing his mind out this this season. He's one of the best ones um, and will surely get called up for the Euro um, this wasn't a game for Kolarov and I'm glad also that Florenzi didn't feature in it because I, I thought that with Spinazzola and, and Santon we we usually deliver a good defensive game um, we, we, we managed to keep a, a good defensive line um, which with Kolarov and Florenzi often is not the case because both of them like to move, move forward. They fail to track back. And quite honestly, after that Juve game with Florenzi's effort, uh, you know, this was a good reminder of, you know, that even Santon can take your place from time to time. So that's no secret. And it, it was a good morale booster for Spinazzola. I believe that for these sort of games, big games against teams that... You know, you you should really fear, um, and that are good at counterattacks. This should be your preferred fullback lineup. You know, uh, I, I always said that I think Spinazzola delivers a much much better defensive uh, balance to this team than Kolarov. And um, Santon, believe it or not, is is a weird case because he's getting you know he's gotten a lot of criticism, but. When he's when he's called upon, um, he usually delivers an okay game. And by Roma's standards, by Roma's fullback standards, an okay game is quite good. Um, you know, I mean, 
as I said, in, in this game, everybody was was just was just good, um, and you know the effort was there, and I thought that's all it ca- That's all that counts. At the end of the day, obviously, what what counts the most is that you need to find the back of the net, but that's another problem altogether. All right, so let's talk about two, in my opinion, drastically. Now, listen, um, I guess for Paulo Lopez, we can't consider it a bad performance. We can just say one really bad episode. But somebody who didn't have any single bad episodes, in my opinion, was Under, who I, I, I need somebody to explain to me how this Under and the Under we saw uh, some weeks ago where we were saying, oh, my gosh, this guy looks so unmotivated. Maybe him leaving in January could be a solution. I could make the case, even though he did not find the back of the net, that was one of the most lively performances that I think we've ever seen from Genghis Under. And then I want to hear, what do you think of the, the era of Paulo Lopez? Because I see a lot of people, uh, a lot of people uh, calling for an obstruction call there. But I, I don't think there was enough in it to make an obstruction call. I think that was completely on Paulo Lopez. And if you give him 100 opportunities to do that, that goal will only happen once. And it just happened to be on this evening where it happened. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Listen, I mean, uh, obstruction, I think Acerbi sure uh, looked surprised when the ball went in. Uh, surprised that maybe he didn't get, you know, a whistle. Um, anyway, that was a mistake. And uh, I think that was also a mistake on, on um, somebody's part in, in the defense. I, maybe it was Santon. I, I, I don't know. Somebody, somebody, it was just, you know, it, it was an innocent corner kick. And it just became this mess. Um, it happens to everybody. Everybody that's been here as a, as a goalkeeper, aside from Alison, who I think you know is a, is in a whole other category. So we can't really compare him to anybody. But everybody made mistakes. Even the best Szczesny, uh in his last year at Roma made made quite a few mistakes um made a number of them in his first year i mean yeah made a number of them in a his lot first of year them. but 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 remember that 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 final year with Spalletti uh before joining Juve uh, he he was playing out of his mind yeah he made remember, the leap rem- yeah yeah he re- remember that time against Palermo uh, where where he where it was it was an offside it was called offside, but it was such a mistake where he let the ball uh, 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 in, in between his legs. Um, so it happens to everybody. That's not, you know, to me, it's not a worry. Paulo Lopez is good. He's, he's saved our ass so many times before this. Um, it happened. That's You pay, you pay the episodes, yes, but, but it, it, you move on. And um, he's a big contributor to this team. And as to Wunder, I agree. I mean, this was by far... Probably one of his most complete performances in Roma. I mean, the, he the energy he put in, not just going forward, but in the whole complexity of the game, was great. And Agreed. He, yeah, he, he just he just was so problematic to Lazio. Lazio couldn't figure him out. Um, he, he sent back. He sent Lulic back to uh, uh, Eastern Europe to collect. Uh, a coal from a coal mine. Yeah, I mean, um, he sent him back to the sock and the belt shop. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that's what he did, and and it was just it was so good to see him do that and and play 
like he used to in his first year. Uh, and you just you, you you just wish this would be a regular occurrence because this team desperately needs someone else besides Jekyll who's on nine goals and that's not a lot um, to, to contribute, to score. And Clivert, uh, as good as he's been this year, he's, he's not that kind of player. He's not a big goal scorer. Jengis can be that guy. And and he needs to be no matter no matter who Petraki brings in in this January transfer market, I I hope to see this under uh, more often this season. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the fact that there was even a contemplation of swapping him with Suzo is alarming. I hope that is more rumor than it is concrete, which I I, I do have the feeling that it is. But part of me fears that, my God, you see him playing like this, and there's rumors that we could potentially lose him in the summer. I, I think he would be a huge loss because I think you and I have both said it. I think he brings something that none of the other wingers currently in this roster are able to do, right? I, I mean, do you fear um, Clivert scoring from far out outside the area? No. Pedalti, no. Mikatarian, no. I, I, he has this dynamic that, I think is so unique compared to the rest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree, uh, but at the same time, if I mean, if 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 we bring in a, a winger, as it is rumored in this in this in this transfer uh, market right now, um, I'm I'm I feel like he, this is this is it, and um, that's why I'm saying, please contribute to this team for for another six months because this is what we need right now you know we need we need under to to be his old self and and just just give this team a spark because without Zanyo, i mean you can notice it how much we've lost uh, since zaniolo has led you know it's zaniolo is is it was a fundamental piece to this team with his physicality with with his pace um Again, with his unpredictability in, in in the way he could score from basically anywhere if he wanted to. And uh, Under is, is a similar player. He can do that. He needs to be just as motivated against against Lazio because, as I said, I think that was... And you said as well, this was perhaps his best game in a Roma shirt. His most complete one. And... You could feel his impact, and I mean, you—you'll—if you rewatch the highlights of this game, half of them are his. Um, yes, he, he was that remarkable against a really good team defensively. He gave them hell. Uh, he was a problem all night long. All right, so you brought up Zaniolo, and it appears as if Roma are going to bring in Perez from Barcelona. It also looks like they're going to bring in VR from um, Elche. Midfielder. Um, so given that the market is only open for a few more days, let's say it were to end, as you and I are recording this, the Roma, they make the acquisition of Abanez official. Let's just say those three are the three acquisitions that they bring in. In your mind, is that a successful January window? Obviously, time will tell. But I'm just saying, as of right now, in your mind, would you view that as a successful January window <laughs> by Roma standards, yes, because he... <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, by, no, by, by a normal team standards, I, I still say that a goal scorer is missing. Uh, 
I, I mean, I um, I can't say I've I've seen much from Villar. Uh, I don't think anybody has, unless there is really somebody who religiously follows second division. Spanish. I was just going to say, you don't have the second division uh, <laughs> Spanish league TV package. Yeah. Uh, if anybody who's listening to this, if 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 you happen to be a religious uh, 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 fanatic of of this of this football team or f- the football division that Villar has played in, please give us some information. We'd love to have it because you know it's an exciting prospect, and uh, the the president over there spoke very well of him. Um, and 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 and. The kid from Barcelona, um, Perez, it seems like also a good prospect, and um, they're they seem to be puzzled over there as to why they're selling another kid from from their youth. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about you know here's Petraki refusing to bring in what we w- would usually bring in, you know, you the, the Clément Grenier, the type of player, the, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the of, exactly. The, Jonathan you know, Silva. Exactly. The, the sort of, you know, stuff, uh, uh, the old, old guard who, that nobody really knows what the hell they're, you know, they're supposed to, be and um sure this is the same case i mean we don't know who these players are what they can do but at least there is an excitement to this uh there's the idea of going forward with these players not like with grenier who we knew outright that he's gonna be sent back to lyon um after featuring i think in three or four matches and playing like maybe a total of 90 minutes um but I still say we miss a goal scorer. And I know Austini just threw cold water on it. And um, <laughs> as he does, uh, as he loves to do. And and sure, I mean, those are just rumors. But when I, I read that, you know, it could there could be a potential move uh, the, for Piontek at the last minute, um, which again, it's obviously just a rumor and nothing reliable. Um, I was I was excited about that because I think bringing in another physical striker um, next to for to to give Jeko some breathing room or at least to to or or to have him next to Jeko is something that this team desperately needs if they want to maintain that fourth spot if they if they want to compete because really I mean we've scored five five goals in these last few matches and we've had so many chances it just it's it's not enough and you're you're going up against an Atalanta team that you know just destroyed just 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 destroyed Torino seven to to nothing um completely abused them till the very last second this is what you're up against and and we are struggling to 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 score goals against 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 Lazio after dominating them. So that's what I think should be addressed and if it doesn't get addressed it's a pity. Okay, so did that performance though leave you feeling any better that Roma will definitely qualify for the Champions League? Now, I probably would have felt a lot better had Atalanta not demolished Torino 7-0. But I think, at least from this one, 
what I say here could completely fall apart should Roma go and completely fall apart against Sassuolo. But I think there were a lot of positives from this one that I think they can at least take into and carry forward. For me, it, it wasn't even a, you know, they had more scoring chances. Uh, for me, it was the application of what Fonseca was saying tactically. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I thought their pressing yesterday was the best since Fonseca arrived. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, they, they basically strangled Lazio. They they just, they didn't allow them to play, um, which is exactly what you want, which I think is exactly what Fonseca was hoping for his team to play like all along. Uh, so that is a, po- a big, big positive. And I think that, I, I, I tweeted this out, I thought that was a beautiful game to watch. And I don't want the players to get discouraged after not obtaining the result they wanted. Um I think this is still a very, very positive performance and a performance that should carry on onto the next games because Sassuolo this year, honestly, I, I, I think I had my expectations all messed up because I thought that Zerbi was going to do something special, but they're just, they're just not that good. And, um, and it would be inexcusable if this team, uh, you know, crashed against them and and didn't you know didn't didn't move forward and because of 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 a i don't know of a bad game against Sassuolo i mean this will cost you if 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 you don't get a result if you don't get results now it's going to cost you because atalanta unless somebody stops uh, uh, uh you know dropping something extra into their coffee cups um they're not going to stop playing like this uh this is this is a, 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 like a tank. This team is a tank, and we're just riding on a mo- motorcycle next to them. But if we crash against the tree, that's that's the end for us, and and they'll just keep moving forward. It's we have to catch up, but we also have to play like they do with determination because this team sometimes they play like 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 they're they know what they're doing. And you can see that they, they they feel like they're expressing what Fonseca is telling them to do, and sometimes they just look lost. That was the case the case against Juve, and uh, it would be inexcusable to to have those sort of games against teams like Sassuolo, which is the teams that you need results against. What, okay, so you just stole exactly what I was going to say. I saw some people criticizing the team still haven't beaten a a club within the top seven. But listen, uh, you don't qualify for the Champions League by simply beating the teams in the top seven. I would much rather get results like this and then easily get by the Provinciali, as they're so-called. I mean, that's been Roma's biggest problem. I mean, how far do we want to date back? I mean, it hasn't been getting results against the top sides. It's been losing to, you know, Livorno, Palermo. We could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I guess I can understand to an extent, okay, Roma, they they they, they didn't beat Atalanta, they didn't beat Juve, they didn't beat uh, Inter, I mean, so on and so forth. But that has never been the deterrent for them qualifying for the Champions League or even winning anything. It's always been the smaller teams that have tripped them up. Yes, because it's it's against the smaller teams that you need to show up. You need to show that you care and often 
Roma just couldn't be bothered to do so. They overestimated themselves. And uh, frankly, after a game like Lazio, there is no reason to overestimate who you are. I think th- th- that anger, that frustration of not having capitalized on those chances that you had should immediately transfer onto the next games. They should just cruise by through those next games. It cannot... This team cannot slow down at this very moment. Fonseca knows this. I hope the players know it. I, I, you know, against against Sassuolo, I, I need to see the same team that doesn't let up, doesn't let the other team get back at them. Because seriously, I mean, what did Lazio do? Can anybody, anybody besides that 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 goal that was ninety percent Paul Lopez? Um, can anybody point out to 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 something that Lazio did that was remarkable in that game? I, I I truly don't think so, and that should be the case going forward. This should be the standard for what I understand is Fonseca's vision of his ideal Roma. Yeah. Um, all right. Final thoughts before we go. Just real quick before we sign off. Um, if you want to read it on the website, I have the full details there. But uh, me, Filippo Biafora, uh, Friedkin is coming, everybody. Uh, Palotta is nearing the exit door. The due diligence is over. So I think we'll see the club change hands within the next couple of weeks. Sobering, I'm sure we'll have time to get get to this later on down the line. But as as we're so aptly called, friends of Palotta quite often... Um, yeah, it's getting closer, and I, I do expect it to happen officially within the next couple of weeks. Um, messages did you get today that were asking you if you, we are going to go for Neymar in the final transfer market days if we switch switched ownership now? So I only had two, but then somebody... <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this just shows you the absurdity of stupid stuff like this. This is why... Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, so somebody from a community... So, I know some of the companies that Friedkin have been working with and one of the communications groups that Friedkin have been working with, one of the directors there just messaged me out of nowhere. I have no idea how he got my mobile number, Um, (laughs) but all he said is, is good evening, John. I'm working with the Friedkin group. I can help you. Call me. (laughs) I mean, come on. You think this is what I need on an afternoon? Guy, Andrea, come on. I have better things to do. Um, and then he proceeds to call me three times as I don't answer the phone. So, um, Andrea, I, I appreciate the offer, but I, I don't need your help with anything. Uh, Friedkin is coming, everybody. What that means is your guess is as good as mine. So, I, I don't know. Um, what else? Um, I think that's it, right? Am I missing anything big other than... Uh, well, it, we, ju- we just signed Ibanez, so that's official. Ibanez is official. I finally got over the line. I told, I messaged to Biafora because I, so I was in contact with the agent of Ibanez for like two weeks now. And I messaged to him because I wrote so definitively that the operation is done. And as it kept dragging out for a week, I told, I told Filippo, I said, I may either have to deactivate from Twitter or kill myself. Um, because if it doesn't happen, you should see the abuse that, so many people get like if I say Roma are interested in a player and it doesn't happen, just the stupid things people tweet to me like I'm ugh, Jesus. Football is fluid, people. 
things change by the second, by the millisecond. I'm convinced, by the way, that Barcelona are selling this Perez kid to Roma for such a small fee as reparations for Malcolm. Do you buy that? Yes or no? If they don't put the buyback clause, then that that's for sure uh, an apology. Like, it, it, I mean... I don't. I don't buy them. You know, giving us a player for 13 million without a buyback clause, without that having an extra meaning to it after so, all that's happened. Well, hang on. Petraki said it yesterday, but two days ago when we found out about it, someone from Roma told me that there were 100. He said, "Quote 100% not be the uh, the recompra the the buyback clause buyback yeah bleh, buyback clause." Um, so they've been pretty adamant that Barcelona will not have an option to buy him back. I, I, for the life of me, will not understand or could not fathom why that wouldn't be the case, which is why I immediately, the first thing that came in my mind is this is sort of a uh, we're sorry gift for the Malcolm situation. Do you buy that? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> I'll say okay. yes because that's fun, fun to think about. I love conspiracy theories, so I'm going to fully believe in that one. Um, but I, I think that also come. means that that also means I hope that you know that um, uh, with the Fredkin's entrance, that means that Barcelona will send us over uh, Messi for his retirement years. I would expect him to be the very first purchase. So, yeah, let's uh, let's wait and see. So that's where we're going to leave it. We will be back later in the week uh, ahead of the match against Sassuolo. So, as always, everybody, uh, thank you for listening and we will talk to you in a few days. Ciao.